0: Hello, I'm Adriana Solo, um, the founder and president of the National Black Cooperative. Cassie,
1: um, I'm Costello, or you can call me Cassie. I'm a co-director of education and moderation. Sage, I'm
2: Sage, and I'm also a co-co-director um, edu- in education and moderation. Zach,
3: hi, I'm Zach Mega, the creative director here at TNBC. And last guy. Okay. Going on. My name
0: is and I'm the co-director of education and. And this is a National Black Cooperative podcast where we use a health justice framework to fight anti-Blackness, systemic racism, and social injustice through education, advocacy, and community engagement, so that Black indigenous and people of color cannot just merely survive but flourish. We will decolonize um, perspectives. We will seek to educate and improve historic improve Provide historical and current context, we will advocate for a more just and equitable equitable world, and we'll never stop reimagining a better world than what we live. So in today's podcast, we're going to start by just seeing how everybody's doing mentally, physically, and emotionally today. So um, whoever wants to start.
3: I'll start off. I am doing well. It is January of 2022, and I am working from home this month because Omicron is a thing, but hopefully we're supposed to have it peak maybe this week or something Um, and hopefully start going down the coming weeks. So I don't know, hopeful, but you know, cautiously hopeful per usual two years into this. I'm
2: glad you're doing great, Zach. Um, But me, guys, I'm going to be honest, like, I'm a little stressed because these exams are just getting to me now. So, um, yeah, but you know, mentally, uh, but I'm getting like in the groove emotionally because I do do cheer, like I mentioned, and that kind of like you know brings my happiness out. So
1: that's great. Awesome, thanks, Sage. I know I'm doing okay, just tired. You know, here in education, it's uh it's a, it's an experience, and I'm grateful that I'll be like transitioning for my job soon and also underway for my capstone. So just kind of a lot going on, but still still grateful. Starting off this new year, busy, busy and strong. Ja'Kai?
4: Oh, I feel you. I feel you, Cassidy. Um I think mentally I'm, I'm okay. I think I'm in a pretty good shout out to my therapist for keeping me there. And I think basically uh, I'm getting over a slight cold right now. Um, Mostly, mostly I'm good. I feel like I'm in a good place as
0: well. Uh, no but well, I'm happy to hear that you guys generally are like in a good place. Um, I guess I'm doing pretty well. Yesterday um, we sent in like the revisions. So I don't know if you guys know this, but I work as a research assistant in a developmental psych lab. And yesterday we sent in revisions. We applied for a grant a while ago so I could do like qualitative study on, on our study um, or lead quality of study like a like a small subgroup um and we sent in the revisions yesterday so I'm like keeping my fingers crossed that everything comes back good and we get the grant so I can do it um so I'm happy about that a little tired I've been like burning the midnight oil for the last couple of days So, the like, girl is like <laughs> it was like very tired I was like took a nap before it's like I hope I wake up in time for the meeting um but other than that I'm doing pretty <laughs> i'm doing pretty well like i'm 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 moving a lot i feel good about this year so all in all things are things are copacetic um but yeah so going into the next into our topic um we're gonna start with the song of the podcast so zach did you want to take it away
3: yeah no problem Okay, so we're today talking about radical rest, identity, and protecting your peace. And the first song that came to mind for me is a song that is honestly one of my favorites. It's a song called Therapy. It's by this rapper named LaRoyce and the Loners Club. And it was released in 2017. Um, And it's a really, really smooth song. it relates to the topic because the theme of the song is about using music as therapy um, and his, you know, take on it is he uses um, writing music and making music um, as his therapy to, you know, kind of document his life and keep him sane most of the time. But it also kind of duels as like, you know, as you listen to the song, you get a sense that listening to music as well can also be therapeutic um, and so it definitely makes me feel at peace and it's a very soothing song. Um, so yeah, check it out. It's good stuff. That's all yeah, I got.
0: Thanks, Zach. I appreciate that. We'll definitely check out the song, guys, and we'll be placing it in the beginning of the pod so you guys can get a little snippet of it. Um <laughs> So today we're talking about all things radical rest, finding our identity and protecting our peace. Um, in the wake of the great resignation or more like the great realization, people are leaving their jobs in droves. Um, the US Bureau of Labor Statistics announced that 4.3 million Americans or 2.9% um, of their entire workforce, workforce quit their jobs in August of 2021. So it begs the question, why? Um, for many of us, the answer is clear. After two years of sustaining and surviving in a pandemic, people have had time to be reflect- reflective and introspective about life and what it means to them. And in, and in doing that internal work, people are realizing that they do that they do not want to keep feeding into a capitalist system that never feeds back into them. Um, when we're living in a world where every time that you step outside the door, um, there's a real res- risk of a deadly disease that is mutating and looming in the wake, it seems that people have started to ask themselves, is this as good as life gets for me? And if the numbers I cited above are any indication, the realization is no. It's evident that people by and large are done with just merely surviving. And that, it's, um, that if they're going to live, they wanna live a, a flourishing and fulfilling life. One, that they have agency over. So today, in today's podcast, we're tackling th- um, capitalism, radical rest, social media, productivity, finding oneself and collective power. And to start it off, we're gonna just um, center ourselves around a question that pertains to capitalism, but via productivity. So I wanted to ask everybody uh, who wants to start, what does it mean to be productive? And how does how do you measure productivity? And how does your definition of productivity differ from what society defines it to be?
3: I'll start if no one else wants to jump in. Um, I think for me, in my personal life, productivity means that I feel good with the amount that I've done in a day, given the time that I have. Like, I go to bed feeling like I didn't waste my day, um, you know, and if that, that can vary, like sometimes I I'm, I'm don't feel like I need to do as much. But, you know, there are days where you feel like, oh, man, like, I could have done more. I could have, you know, you know, maybe for me as an artist, worked on my art a little bit more or something. Um, Maybe I was on my phone too much. Um, But there are other days where I don't feel like that. Sometimes I'm, you know, just kind of down for lying in my bed most of the day and reading a book a little bit, you know. And but you get to determine that, and you get to, you know, say, okay, this is enough for me today, and i feel good about how i've spent my time so that's kind of how i would like to measure productivity and then um on the flip side how i think our society views productivity is um is just seeing how much they can you can milk out of yourself during a work day um in a capitalist society there's always a profit motive and because there's that profit motive um every hour that you're at work is something that should be used to like make sure that the company has a maximum amount of profit. Uh, and so there's a lot of jobs, whether it be, you know, a factory job or, um, you know, something that's on the ground at like a restaurant or something where they're, you're constantly on the clock. And if you're not doing something every single given moment, then it seemed like as like a loss for the system. Um, so that's my take on it.
2: Yeah, and to piggyback off of that, I would say, it's really like how society defines productivity it's like you're doing something for everyone else like you're doing something for say my cheer coach right you're doing something for your friends not you like self-care like you know you're not even worrying about self-care so like how i would say how i define productivity is like really just sitting down and accomplishing like your own goals and that doesn't mean like okay so say you have to study for a test or you have like you're working, you know, and how exactly you are on the computer all day. It's not just staying and getting all the work done for your job, but it's like, okay, I'm gonna take these two hours that, um, and complete this assignment for my job. And then, okay, I'm putting that computer away, I'm putting those books away and now I'm gonna go watch a movie or something. Or And being on your phone is healthy, you know? It's just like, how much time are you on social media? So it's just like having those times set and then taking your
1: time for yourself, so yeah. I'm kind of like building off of what everyone else is saying. Um, I think productivity is a process that's like both internal and external. I don't know if maybe I'm like going to get too academic with this, but oh, well, I'm a nerd. So like, I really feel like there's the internal aspect is really thinking about like the emotional, psychological and met- metacognitive, which is a fancy word for thinking about thinking, um, thinking about how like, well, did I improve myself today? And like, how is that a form of productivity when you, understand your identity better or how or or how you exist in the world and then i feel like there's an external component to it which is like what you make for others or like that product and and that can also be subdivided whether it's like your personal life your job or a sport um so i kind of see like see it almost like a kind of interconnected web of sorts like it's all of this falls under productivity but may be seen and experienced in different ways. And at the end of the day, it's just, it's a journey. It's like, it's a journey of like understanding yourself, what you give to others, but also what you give to yourself. And that's why I think in my opinion, when you measure productivity, it can be measured in to-do lists. It can be measured, but in terms of rest and how much sleep you get, it can be measured with your performance review. There's like a lot of different ways that you can measure it. And I think that that differs from society's expectations, because there's an expectation. It's kind of like, that's what gives people social power. It's like, oh, well, you got to meet this status quo or, or this kind of standard in order to be seen as productive. You have to have that 40 hour work week, or you have to hit this kind of number. And honestly, that feeds into capitalism is it just all of it is this continuous process that people either mindlessly go through or are very aware of it. And we all take it differently, you know, because we all lead different lives, and yeah, it's interesting productivity, man.
2: <laughs> Thank you
4: for sharing that, Cassie. Also, can y'all hear me? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, that. Uh, yeah. So this is a really tough question. I think. I, I think really. Um, I said it because I think for me, it depends on the type of day I'm having as far as like, what, is pro- what does it mean to be productive? Um, so if I'm having the type of day, I think it also depends on like what I tell myself I want to do for a particular day or what are my goals for a particular day. Um, if I don't get them done or I don't get done what I want to get done in the, on that particular day, then I try to just get it done the next day and maybe just add a little bit more just to make up for what I didn't get done the previous day. Um, but I think society definitely defines productivity as whatever you um are able to like sort of get done um that kind of strives um towards gaining I guess sort of like some sort of like monetary value, so like for example, like if I'm not really having like a good day, if I'm really going through honestly just a depressive episode, then honestly, I think it's really important for me to just take care of myself you know making sure I'm doing all the essentials making sure like you know like I'm good like you know like I ate you know like shoot I'm clean like I, I did my my facial um uh routine and making sure I get like those things done so I feel like if I'm having sort of like a a not so good day and I get those things done then like to be honest I'm like super proud of myself like I give myself a pat on the back and I think <clears throat> um I definitely think that definitely goes into to capitalism i think we're kind of taught that if you're not doing something that's like getting you money then i think society kind of shames you society forces you to kind of shame yourself for not doing it and then you kind of tell yourself like oh like you know i'm basically like maybe not so extreme it's like oh i'm a failure but it's like you kind of don't feel about good about yourself at the end of the day and i feel like everyone should you know be able to go to bed or just end the day, just feeling good about themselves, you know, that should never be in question. So that's just how I feel.
0: Yeah, I think you guys make great points. And I think the idea of like, capitalism validates productivity that um, feeds into profit margins, right? Like, like going back to what Zach said, and kind of what everybody's saying, like, and I feel like my whole life, I've high-key resisted, like, what productivity is. Um, I feel like, for me was is productive is something that like truly is like fulfilling. So kind of going off of what everybody is saying, like stuff that I find naturally find joy in already, like, and will help me get through the day. Right. So like, when well, starting this new year, I've been very intentional about going back to the things that I used to love doing. Like I found myself like when I started college, like stopping doing all of it. Like, I had I had stopped doing a lot of things that I like thoroughly enjoyed, like, I used to be in band, used to be big and play music, used to dance a lot, I used to um, listen to music a lot, I used to read, I was an avid reader, and I literally stopped doing all of that, like, once I transferred to UConn, and I'm, like, and and once I got out of that, and I graduated, I'm, like, oh, I need to, like, refine myself, because, like, not even find myself, because it's not like I was, like, lost, it was just, like, I wasn't doing it, and I think um, sometimes being product like, being productive is about being intentional with, like, feeding back into yourself right and like truly like um acknowledge like seeing when like you're you're not doing that and like resetting to make sure that because if, if you're not full like you can't feel anything else and i think um with work something like i definitely have taken up is like i am not giving energy to things like things can wait till the next day, right? Like there's a certain amount of things like, yeah, this has, stuff has to get done, but if it doesn't get done today, if it hits like five o'clock and it's not done, it's gonna get it done tomorrow. Like I'm not, like don't email me, don't text me, cause I'm not messaging message you back till tomorrow, like it's not happening. So um, I think in just setting boundaries in that way is important for me. And I think it helps kind of just like resist that like capitalist structure that says, oh, I need this, I need this and I need this now. I'm like, uh, ah, you'll get this in a couple seconds when I'm ready because, I am a human being with like needs, so
3: yeah. Yeah, I think you're like leading towards something that we're gonna talk about later, um, like the work life balance, and it's important. It, it you reminded me of um, some of the philosophy classes that I took in college, where you know you're some of the truest happiness is when you look inward and decide like what really makes my life worth living. You know, like what do I value the most in life? and then putting your energy towards those things. And, you know, there are certain things that we're forced to do, you know, we need a certain amount of money to exist in this society. That's just how it's built. And, you know, you can say that's unfortunate, but, you know, if you, if you don't have a job or you don't make money in this world, like that could be really bad and dangerous and unhealthy, you know, and it's, it's a shame, I think, but it's also like you, the the hours that you have that aren't, you know, kind of allotted to you have to do this in order to survive. Like taking that time and saying, okay, like what really fulfills me? Like you were saying, Adriana, or like Jakai was saying, like what makes me feel good? What makes me feel healthy? Um, and I think people need to take more time to figure those things out. Um, I think a lot of the time uh, people haven't spent enough time with themselves, um, and maybe you, you want to go see a therapist for that. Like I, I did that, and it was really helpful to like set my goals and say, okay, like, what do I need as a person? Um, but I think if more people do that, then we'll see less of this um, burnout or less of this feeling lost. Um, so yeah, I liked what you were saying.
0: Yes, no, definitely. And that kind of leads well into the next section. So kind of tying like a, the historical lens to it. So. I don't know if you guys know about like the NAP ministry and the NAP bishop, but she talks about like arrest as being radical and how it connects to like an ancestral connection, specifically for like black people um, and specifically black people that are descendants of slavery or descendants of slaves, enslaved people. Um, And how like, because like being in that system, the chattel slavery system, they were denied rest, right? Like because of capitalism, because they're they're viewed as property and their labor was their um, worth in a lot of ways, like rest was not something that they were enabled to have, right? Like that was not a luxury or it shouldn't even be a luxury, but that wasn't something that they were unable to have just by the sheer nature of the system that like exploited them. And so for black and brown people to be able to rest now is in a lot of ways radical because if he's right, it, it, it creates an ancestral connection, cause right, it's like starting to bridge that wound or bridge that gap of like our ancestors that were not able to rest, right? And it's also enabling us to be more like our more fuller selves. Um so in a constant system designed to keep us in a constant cycle of laboring, rest is defiant and thus a radical notion. So thinking about sleep as restoration, as a time to reimagine. Like if you can't rest, you can't necessarily have you don't necessarily have the capabilities or the same capabilities you would to be able to truly reimagine something different than where you the, what you live, and then it enables you to resist. So with that being said how is defying productivity a form of resistance um, and even thinking about like, back to slavery like a form of resistance was like oh we're not going to work as fast or we're going to like go slower and that's going to be like a stick to the system because that's a chink in like the that's a chink in the, um, capitalist system where they weren't able to so how is the defying productivity a form of resistance
2: I guess i can start
0: okay like cassie okay
1: (laughs) um i was gonna say i think when i think of defined productivity i really think of having to not just i I think of defined productivity in terms of other people's definition of what the term is because when i think of productivity and that's kind of like what really is kind of like is like a driving force so when i want to defy a driving force, I have to know that there's my understanding of what it is and other people's. So when I see this as a resistance, that means I'm taking this and making my own boundaries, making my own terms and saying like, these are my needs and wants, and this has to be met. And that's how I'm going to just like redefine what productivity looks like in in my life. So like, for example, like in the current position i always use myself as an example to speak from experience like in my current position like the productivity is i have a seven and a half eight hour hour work day and they put me wherever i have to do my job and teach someone who is either three years old or someone who's 12 years old and or somewhere in between right and then i need to make a cutoff saying okay like in order for me for my needs and wants i might need a cut off saying hey in order for me to do this better i might either need to take some time to make sure that i'm mentally physically emotionally okay and then i might push back saying hey like can i have this instead or maybe you want me to work this amount of hours to this day and i'm gonna actually just take this time for me so like it's kind of like seeing it as as redefining the lines in my opinion just like that's how i see defined productivity as like a form of resistance
3: i agree with you 100 percent. i think um where this question um, in my head comes up the most are those jobs that you get worked really hard um so like if you are in a factory job or if you work at I don't know McDonald's or a Dunkin Donuts or stuff like that you hear stories all, all the time where you get called in on your off day and I guess this helps this happens in healthcare too there's plenty of examples but um, you get called in on your off day and saying no you know I've This is my time and I'm not going to work on an off day when I was given little notice, Um, you know, or, you know, the certain um, warehouses like Amazon, you know, is a bad example of like not giving their employees enough rest time on the job. It's something that's so physically intensive. Um, or somebody who's working the factory line who maybe has some sort of disability and not giving them enough time to take care of themselves and their own physical needs. Like that's when rest is radical. And the problem is that some of these times the people don't have enough um, leverage against these companies because you want to say, okay, you know, to take your time to do yourself, but then what if you get fired, you know, and what if this is one of the few jobs you're able to get in a small town or something like that. And that's where the real problem comes in. Um, You know, you talk about building unions and trying to like fix labor laws and stuff like that. Um, But being able to rest and take care of yourself is something that if you have the ability to do, if it's not gonna put you on the street to do, you should do it. Um, And I think that's where, you know, the radical rest thing comes in because it really is something that um, not everyone is able to do Um, and so take advantage of
2: it yeah I totally agree with you Zach because I feel like though everyone feels obligated to please everyone else right I think that's how I see it like even if you're in a job or even like for me like I'm a student like I want to do cheer I want to do all these extracurricular activities and it does take up a lot of my time but I do push myself to do that but then when I do have to take my time to okay say I need to study for this or I just want to sleep in or whatever is just saying no to those people and I know it's hard for like everyone to say no because like in a work you know workplace like yeah you can get more money if you work longer and like for instance like my grandma she's very she's old but she loves working and she's taking so much time doing like say seven o'clock to 11 p.m I'm just like grandma but like taking all that time but they're not giving you no extra money. They're honestly looking at her like, okay, yeah, come back tomorrow and do the same thing. Do it again all next week, right? So, and it's just like, okay, what am I really getting out of this? Yeah, like, you know, so it's just really like checking in with yourself and saying, um, I can take a break or I can say no. And even if like, oh, they say fire, you don't want to get fired, but like say they fire you or they say, you know what? we don't need you anymore. It's like, honestly, like say, okay, right? I can find something else that will help me out, you know? So yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. I really appreciate all these perspectives. Um, They're
4: making me really reflective of my own life, my own upbringing. Um, I think just thinking of this question in general, it just makes me really think about how we live in a culture that's hyper-focused on work and there's not a lot of reinforcement on rest, especially like if you're black or a person of color, you've most likely been taught that hard work gets you where you want to be in life. Um, but there's no, there's no equal amount of like energy towards like, also like you need to make sure like you're resting as well. You know what I'm saying? So like even in school, like I remember always working hard um, and there were times where I was overworking or just doing too much because I was never taught to relax or take a break because I equated that to slacking or not doing enough. Um, So it's only now like I think as an adult being 24 years old that I'm learning that you know it's important to rest it's important to do things that you want to do and not have this constant mindset of like okay I'm loving what I'm doing but what is this gaining me is this making me money you know am I getting bread out of this so I think it's just really important to, honestly, like, I think rest is really just resistance. You know what I'm saying? I think as far as even if you, if we think about fighting social injustice, we're constantly, you know, we've been looking at our examples as people who have always just been working hard to basically get us liberation, you know, and that we've been so hyper-focused on that. And we don't even get to learn about like, dang were are some ways that they actually like you know did some self-care in the midst of all this in the midst of fighting for like civil rights and um fighting against like you know um injustices so yeah I, I think we really like have to put that same tenacity towards making sure like we're good and that you know um because I think honestly like to be real if you're overworking yourself that leads to like real honestly some real health complications and like um that really just affects both you that affects you emotionally physically and mentally so
0: um yeah yeah like I you guys made incredible points and kind of like going off of all of that and kind of going back to what Zach was talking about you guys know I've worked like various different jobs at this point and one of the jobs I've had the longest is when I started in, in high school which was I work at a retail store and something I realized there I feel like was going back to like Zach's point and how like they don't they value you as much as you can produce. And if you're not producing, then they just don't care about you. And I'm like, I'm not going to kill myself for at first I was like, you know, I'm gonna do my job and do my best I can da, 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 da. But I'm like, I'm not gonna kill myself or somebody that at the tomorrow they're gonna ask me to do 10 times as more and just like totally forget about everything I did just yesterday. And thinking about like even how in that system, they're like, you go to work and they especially they will really like play funny with your breaks. Like they won't give you your thirty-minute break. When by law they're supposed to give you your thirty-hour after the certain amount of time. And I'm like, no, I'm taking my break. Like you may have not run the schedule, but I'm going to be five for an hour. I'll be back. Like don't call me. Like we're not playing. Or like they're like, oh, you don't need to take your fifteen. You know, it's only fifteen minutes. Yeah, it's fifteen minutes that I don't need to be working. Like this is like, like what are we doing right now? So like the ways in which they like invalidate, you know what rest like the rest that you need because they rather like meet your profit margins but then mask it as like they actually care about like oh you know we like we hope you're like really like working here and enjoy and it's enjoyable but like no every second you want to like cut my breaks or like or calling calling you and zach that hit at home when you talk about calling calling you into the job when you're off like they call you in with the expectation that you're supposed to come and if you say that you're not going to come it's like the next time you come in, it's like this whole energy is like, oh, you know, we really needed you. It's like, this is not like, I don't live and die by this job. Like, and I think Sage, you make like a really good point about like um just if it comes down to it, like sometimes in this capitalist world that we live in, it does not reward rest, right? So you have to ask yourself, like, is this as good as it gets? Like, is it really worth me like grinding to the core? Like you have to and also believing yourself enough, like I believe that all of us are good enough, to, and especially in this COVID world where everybody's hiring. We can all get another job if we want to. Like every, I feel like everybody has the accessibility if they want to get another job and they don't feel fulfilled in the job they're in. You can get another job. There's other things that definitely can hold you back for sure. But I think in totality it's like, is this as good as it gets for me? And do I really want to keep feeding to a system that obviously doesn't respect or care about like my well-being? And then going into another piece, I feel like it's different, like um rest is different it looks different in different jobs so like in my desk job like because like jc penny in retail like i'm like always on my feet productivity is like how much work can you do um, how many things can you put back how many and how many people can you check out how many credit cards can you get like this very like finite measures and then with my other job my, like my desk job like you're more so is like, how can you use your productivity? It really has to do with like your mind and like how much can you spew out and kind of create and shape and contact people, for like contacting participants, recruiting, figuring out different strategies. And that's like a whole different, and like in that space, again, I think it's like making sure identifying, oh, I'm supposed to take a break. I'm going to take my hour break. You will see me in an hour. Do not talk, don't text me while I'm on a break because that's time for me to like regenerate and then come back and try to do the rest of the day. Um, And also trying to like multitask, like breaking up your day, like not just staring at the screen 100% of the time, but like trying to break it up so that you're not just like by the end. So yeah. Yeah, Uh,
3: yeah. I think COVID exposed a lot of the systematic issues um, because people are not willing to die for their jobs. Like maybe some people are, but I'd say 95% of people are not. And when it's really that, serious and it is that serious like especially if you're unvaccinated or you know you you can get seriously you know ill or even die from this virus and especially at the beginning of the pandemic when you know people were hailed as heroes for going to work it's like that is a problem like it You know, we need these people, these frontline workers to function, but it's a systematic issue to feel like you have to and that you are, you know, a lamb to the slaughter for the system. And uh, what Adriana said, what I want to comment is that, you know, the the mid-level bosses, essentially, right, like those supervisors, they they're you have generations and generations of people in America who have been fed uh, capitalist propaganda, for lack of a better word, where you are incentivized to work harder and have numbers that are supposed to be met and to have everyone around you w- work harder and harder to boost your numbers and have big quarterly earnings or whatever the the productivity line is in your you know, field, like. That's the thing is like, there's always going to be more. You could always make more money. There is no limit to how much is, you know, deemed successful. And kind of like what Jakai was saying earlier about now being an adult and realizing you need to take care of yourself. It's like, well, yeah, because if you have this like really hard grinding mindset it's like there will never be enough there's always something more to accomplish if it comes to money or if it you know comes to financial success because there is no top amount you know as we see in a world with multiple billionaires now you can just go you can just keep going (laughs) oh it (laughs) like these people like jeff bezos um they're not saying oh i have like a billion plus dollars like i guess i'll stop here you know they're making more money at what point does it stop and at what point do you not look inward and say okay but am I taking care of my like you know existential needs am I taking care of my you know am I fulfilling myself as a human being you know and there are generations of people who have been forced to think this way and I think the younger generation is realizing they're looking at their parents and saying like my parents are wildly overworked or they're addicted to work you know like do I want to be like that You know, we, there's a midlife crisis for a reason. Like people have those like existential problems because they wake up one day and are saying, I've been working for 20 years, but I don't even know if I like what I'm doing, you know, like that's a problem. And I think the younger generation sees that and is like, I need to think about this stuff now. I can't wait until I'm 45 with family to say like, Oh, is this the right decision? You know, I don't want to waste my time like that. And something like COVID, um, makes you think about it a lot more you know like now it's like okay yeah if I could die from some random disease like I need to seriously consider this stuff now
0: yes no you speaking straight
1: facts straight facts do you want to say something something yeah it's just like it's kind of like you gotta do what brings you joy it's kind of like I know Zach like you were talking about almost like the sense of martyrdom I know I experienced it in education where it's like you know, everyone's just like, you keep working literally until you're sick or you drop. And it's just kind of like, but then people are going to see your job posting before they even read your obituary or anything. And I'm kind of like, that's how messed up it is. That's capitalism, right? It's a It's finest. It's like everyone's going to be like, oh, well, like, who's going to be the next person to fill it? Oh, you're leaving? Oh, well, like, who's going to be the next person to like, do all that work and continue the productivity, right? I know there is um something on, uh, I think, Congressman... Mark Takano t- was talking about having a four day work week and, and saying like, oh, well, you know, it'll help capitalism, it'll help everyone. And it'll it's an interesting, I think, bill that's going on right now to see like how that'll play out in politics. but this gets into our next topic of like work-life balance. Like, you know, if, if it doesn't bring you joy, like, why are you doing this? Like, maybe we need to have a moment to reflect and like, what does joy really mean to you? And I know, I think everyone was really talking about like, we're in a, we're in a time in our lives and COVID and just in the world in general, where it's like, joy is so precious. Like, what like, it, whether it's through celebration or just spending time with friends, whether it's talking, it's so precious when like we're just constantly surrounded by like all this madness that is like the, the social injustices and racism and COVID and all sorts of stuff. So how do you all decide? So how do you decide and who and what to give your energy to? Because there's just so much everything. How, how do you decide? <laughs>
0: So I can start um, kind of going off of like the last point and then going into this one, I think going off of people we're talking about, it's like the racial capitalism of it all for me too and thinking about like who are like the essential workers and thinking about who are in like positions of power and how at the end of the day, like the people that have to make the sacrifices are never the people that are at the top. It's always the people that are like on the daily grind to have to like push out things. And I think how do I like decide who and what to give my energy to is like who is like, if I'm pouring into you, are you pouring back into me? Like, is this a mutual symbiotic relationship? Or are you just like sucking me dry, like all of my energy? And once I acknowledge that that's the situation, like I operate completely differently. Like I know to like, that's when I begin to protect my peace because you're not trying to protect me. So like, okay, we're going to set boundaries here. Like, okay, I'm going to do this for this, this amount of time. And then I'm going to go on to this. Or when this happens, then I'm going to go on to this. Or it is acknowledging the spaces that actually care about your well being and the spaces that just want you for your for your product for your for what you can give to them. Um, and I think once like I identify that, I'm like, okay, now I know how to move. I'm not gonna necessarily not to the world, but you're just gonna. It's gonna and the, the thing is, something like Eve had talked about in our IT live too is like they may not even know that you're not giving your all, right? Like a lot of the times, like I, they love the work that I do. But they don't know that I'm not like 110% like in here. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, but I know I'm not. And I know I'm not for a reason. It's to protect like my energy to, so I can have that energy to spill into other things that I care more about or that are more fulfilling to me, right? Um, so it's not always like necessarily to detriment of like the profits at the end I'll be all, but it's more so about like the reward for yourself um, in the end, I think.
2: Yeah, and to go off of that, kind of might, you know, not really go with work-life balance, but I didn't want to um say ageism. That's what kept co- coming through my mind when you guys were talking like ageism, right? And I'm going to bring up my grandma again. But like, like in the healthcare system, right, when people are getting older and older, like they obviously, if they're working, that means they need the money, right? So let's just understand that, right? And the thing is, which I think I just disagree with so much, is that they're working and then these bosses that you guys are or managers you guys are talking about supervisors they're trying to push um these old um or i don't want to call them old but like you know these older people out and get like the younger people in that are not experienced like i'm sorry let's just be honest they're not as experienced and knowledgeable but these older people have been working years and years knowing right but because they can't maybe like say at the you know hospital they can't hold all these like instruments or whatever because it's too heavy or putting them here and here it's too much right but like pushing them out and then they're they don't they go home to nothing right so I just wanted to mention that because I think that's very unfair you know so going back to like you know what and how do you give your energy is like don't put yourself in that position from the start and if you are in that position just say no and I don't need it like I know it's hard to do that but just like say I don't need it because they're going to keep on like great like breaking you pushing you down and down and down like you're nothing i feel like that's just unacceptable that's happening now so yeah i just want to mention that don't put yourself in that position at all and like castella not to go into your like what you were saying but like our last um meeting you were telling us about like your, you know how you got the new job is making you feel better right because like they were doing something that i definitely disagree with but like they're making you like do certain things that was unacceptable. So like, okay, I don't need that. Let me move on. I got another job that's going to help me, give me more money um, and accept what like I can do and provide for a school. So it's just like having that mindset.
3: Yeah, I think you're spot on. You're spot on Sage. Um, I see Adriana is like mentioning it here and I'll just say it out loud. Is that like A lot of the times a company, and this happened a lot in 2008 when um, the recession hit, was that you, if you were, if you like, back in the day, generations ago, you had company loyalty because if you worked hard enough, you gained enough benefits um, and you were living pretty good if you worked at a company for over 10 plus years. Um, Then something like 2008 happens, people weren't ready for it. And they saw all the people who had been working there for 10 plus years as costing the company a lot of money. And who did they cut first? Those people. And so they were loyal to this company for working their entire life. And then before you know it, they're out on the street because they can hire straight out of college kid, college age kids who are way less experienced, but they can pay them way, way less. And if they have like two, three of those people, it's equivalent to one of the older people. And that's just, they will do that 9 times out of 10 because they have it they're they're profit motivated and if they're not if they're profit motivated then they're not human motivated you know they're not you, you can't be bold. like you have to have one be the priority and for i'd say 99% of the companies in America it is the profit motive if the dollars and cents don't make sense they won't do it and and you know that's that's a problem i you know i think um we need, like, if we're talking about work-life balance, um, we should talk about, you know, at what point do you have to say, okay, this company does not have my best interest in mind, right? So I, can't, I just, logically, I can't put my full entire effort and put all my hopes and dreams on this company. They might seem like good people, but just because the people I'm interacting with are, you know, regular human beings, doesn't mean the mechanics of the company that I'm working at have the same, you know, ideology. Like you can get absolutely cut, everyone for like working around you can get cut and, you know, like they could close the whole branch. You know what I'm saying? Like once again, it, this happened during recessions where, you know, like the company seems like they're really good, but if they have to, they will, they will close down your whole entire factory. They will close down a whole, you know, branch to save money if that's what makes sense for them because at the end of the day it's not the people who matter it's not the employees but the the, the money machine like for it to keep going that's what matters you know so you, you gotta you gotta realize that in work-life balance like you get like Adriana was saying like there's a reason she's not working 100% all the time like why would why would you do that why would you risk your personal mental health for a company that doesn't care about you at the end of the day
2: Uh, so many facts are being, like, spoken
4: <laughs> by everyone. <laughs> um, wow. Um, yeah, honestly, I feel like everyone kind of hit the points that I was really, like, wanting to hit. I think for me personally, work-life balance, I try to keep it simple. Um, in general, I'm a person. I I don't like a lot of things. And there are very few things I like. Um, I like my friends. I like music, my family, that actually might be it, and myself. So I I try to prioritize those things, um, which I guess is really like people and my music and everything else work. You know, I'm making sure that I, I do what I can. I try to give it my all. Sometimes I'm not feeling like giving it my all, but I try to definitely do the best I I try to do my best sometimes. Sometimes I really just need to get through the day. I ain't gonna hold you. Sometimes I need to get through the day um because my energy low. And I think that's okay. Um, but I know that as of right now, the job, I like what I'm contributing to, but it's not exactly what I'm passionate about. And I think I understand that. And I think that it's something where I'm cognizant of and I'm honestly not giving it my hundred percent. And I think um at least all the time and I think it's important for me to kind of get that mindset of I would say that mindset of really just I don't know I guess letting like work take up my entire like life you know I meet a lot of people where it's just like eat sleep you know their job and like that's like I feel like if you're passionate about like what you do and you love doing what you want to do I think that's like phenomenal Um, But some people are honestly trying to really get that check. So they're like, you know, they're doing a job that they are not passionate about, but they know they got to provide. And I think it's really circumstantial. I try to do, I try to make sure I'm also there in other ways. And I'm trying to work on myself in other ways, being a better friend, being a better son. Um, And yeah, I try to give importance to those things. I try and give importance to people. Like, I think people community that's what fulfills me um yeah I think I don't know I try to put I try to put humanity and people above honestly at the top above everything
0: else so yes no I think everybody made such great points and that's like such value to that point about like community like at the end of the day where can you find community And a lot of times I think Going back to like what Zach said too is like those spaces are not meant to build community, it's meant to build profits at the end of the day. And then in a the large part, like as much as you could care about like the people that are in the system, which I find myself like attaching myself to that a lot, like you, like, oh, I like this person or my manager is nice, or um, these people are like really awesome, or like my coworkers are great. At the end of the day, like that that could be very true, but that system is still not meant to sustain you at the end of the day. And I think there's definitely something to that, like it really is like, it plays your mind a lot. Cause you're like, I really like it here. I like these people. I don't want to go. Like, I feel bad. Like, I feel guilty, but like, I know this is not good for me. Like, I know this is like toxic and like, I need to like, you know, switch it up. And I think there's definitely duality to that. And I think kind of like a sentiment everybody was talking about is like, I definitely have the fear of like, when I get older and then like waking up and be like, oh, I like, I've been doing something that I really don't like for like almost all my life. And like, I feel like I'm like, now or like just pretty much all my life I've always been trying to figure out like what do I like and how can I actually actualize doing what I like versus having to feed in these systems because like as I like transition out of college and like working full-time I realized like I cannot do this for like the rest of my life like yes I could do it for now and like sustain and like but I cannot just be in the system and structure and like let this be all that it is for like till I retire like I have to do something that's different and I think that's like kind of what everybody's getting at and going into that is like a lot of introspection so thinking about introspection thinking about what makes you happy uh why does it make you happy and where does that happiness come from um and how does it help feed into your feed your soul guys
3: right i think um over the course of our conversation we've touched on it here and there um but this is i think the place where it it helps to be a little more philosophical and it helps to be um, you know, someone who can be a little bit more critical of their own thought process. And I, that that's where, you know, something like therapy is a great tool. Um, because you know, I always knew that I wanted to be an artist, you know, it was always something that fueled me. I love to create things, you know, especially with my friends. Um, but There was still a time, especially right after I graduated from college, where I was like, I felt lacking, like something was off, like I was making, but it wasn't, you know, like I I still, I didn't know what it was. And, you know, I had the fortunate uh, ability to go to therapy um, for a time uh, because of insurance. And um, it really helped me focus on the reasons that I liked doing what I did you know you have to like kind of dig down and say okay like what is it about this that like fuels me what about it makes me feel good you know, you have to ask those really tough questions and those aren't questions that you just answer right away you know those are questions that are very existential um they're big questions and like adrian was saying you know you worry about oh one day like ah like i've been doing this thing and it's not my thing but it's always supposed to be a journey as well and you have to realize that okay maybe you try something out and it's not what you wanted but at least you know what you don't like now right you move from one thing to another and you just keep searching and like human beings as you know a race and as a species on this planet have always searched for higher purpose you know like It's why we've developed religion. It's why we, you know, develop technology. Like we are constantly searching for like, what is our purpose in this weird weird world we live in? You know, why are we here? Um, And on a smaller scale individually, we're also doing that same thing. Um, And with all of the chaotic distractions that are in our world, it can be very hard, Um, but stuff like meditation, you know, stuff like breathing exercises, um, just taking, like you were saying, radical rest, taking time out of your day to stop, put everything down and look inward and be like, okay, like, what, am, what do I want to be about? You know, like what, what makes me happy? And if if it's just like living your life normally, like just, you know, taking time to chill out, hang out with your friends, like that is totally fine, you know, but you owe it to yourself to have that conversation. You know, you owe it to yourself to have that introspective moment. Um to prevent you from regretting it later on. You know what I mean? Um, especially as young people,
0: so
3: my take.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I kind of think building off of that, that like there's almost like a pursuit of happiness. I know it's like a great movie, you can watch Will Smith in it. And I think it's kind of like, it's forming like, it comes, I think in my opinion, happiness comes from like the relationships that I have with others, whether it's with myself, whether it's with other people. And it's not only building that community, but really like leaning in towards like these moments of just getting to be together. So I know what makes me happy is like tapping into my creativity to synthesize to understand the world and myself better, whether it's through like figure skating or I know I did gymnastics for a long time. And I, I almost felt like I had this moral obligation to like push and be productive and like oh it's okay if like my body falls apart I'll keep going because like I hope for like the sake of my country I can be great rep and all this stuff and I know like Suni Lee and Simone Biles said it great it's like you you just have to do it for you and I feel like happiness and rest are kind of similar in that sense they're showing us radical rest on a large platform like you have to you have to not care or or, or give less craps about other things because it's like, we don't, I mean, I don't have time or energy to keep worrying about other people's positive and negative judgments towards me. It's just, it's just too much. And in order to pursue my own happiness, it has to come from me. It's not gonna be like Zach saying, okay, this is what you need to do cast to be happy. It's not gonna come from Adriana saying, okay, cut out him or her and them over there and you'll be happy. It's not gonna come from other people. Maybe they'll help me along the way. cause as we were saying, it's a journey, but like a lot of it, it has to come from me saying, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna say no, like Sage has suggested, I'm gonna really maybe take time to to do things that fill me, like Jakai was saying, and I think that a lot of it has to be breaking down those the those like expectations of others. So I know that um, that's kind of what feeds me is trying to learn more about myself as as I continue to evolve because my rest and like looks very different now than what it what it used to be like in high school and college and because i'm different iterations of myself i can look back in those chapters and say "Ooh, like i had a cringy moment but i didn't regret it because i was still learning who i was or who i want to become so my happiness comes from from that being creative and reflective and building community, like with you all, like having conversations like this, you know, like you said that feeds my soul, just getting to like chat with you all and get to explore more of this.
2: (laughs) Um, No, I thought that was Fuego. Um,
4: Yeah, I'll retweet all that. I honestly, happiness is like such an intriguing concept on its own. I think honestly, happiness is really kind of leaning into like what makes you like, you know, feel good. And like what Cassie was saying, like what what feels good for you, you know, regardless of outside judgment or, you know, um, even internal judgment, you know. I think it's important to lean into those things. You know, I try to as much. I think also, like Cassie said, that really does kind of connect to rest, like resting for me and happiness. Is honestly like chilling. Sometimes I want to chill, do absolutely nothing at all. Or like it's really, and I think honestly people like having my friends, having my friends and family around me definitely like fulfill some type of joy. Seeing my like loved ones happy, that like like definitely gives me a lot of happiness as well. Or just seeing them at peace, you know, seeing them like not really stressed or have no worries, you know, that really just provokes, I think a lot of like joy within me. Personally, and I think we live in a world where, like, yo, know, we like, like, we're kind of taught, like, oh, like, we have to worry about things, or like, we have to be thinking ahead. You gotta get this done. Oh, this not done still. You gotta get that done. You know what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? So it's I, I try to what I try to do. I try to like really be in the moment, especially when I'm with loved ones. You know what I'm saying? I think it's important to be with people or do something that you're enjoying doing, that you enjoy doing. Uh, without thinking about like what's not being done, or thinking about what I could do, or thinking about what I could be doing to be more productive. So um, definitely, I think overall, like I think it's important when you're doing those fulfilling things. Definitely stay present.
2: Yes,
0: I feel like every time we have we guys we talk, I feel so fulfilled. Like anytime I talk to any of you guys, it's like the most like regenerative process like in life. I love it. Um, I think for me, like what happiness, like when I identify the things that make me most happy, when I think about like when I was in high school, I used to run run track, when I would dance, when um when I would like wasn't wasn't when I was in music. When I would read, like when I identify the things that make me happy, I also identify like those are the things that make me feel most free, right? Like when I'm like sprinting, like I feel like nothing, like nothing matters in that moment except for me sprinting. When I'm reading a book and then like it's getting good, we getting to the climax I feel like, you know, like nothing else matters. Like I'm with like, the a book in the day, you know, and and like if like if I feel like nothing else matters, like it feels free, or even. like when I dance and just like we listen to the music and let the music take you like there's something that's very freeing about that but I also identify that like even in all those cases it also was like the community I was built in like when I was in track like the like my track team like track teammates like the community that we built like being able to be with other people in that space like when I would read books I had like a reading buddy and we were both like the same type of book so we would like offer like offer suggestions and like what books you should read and like that community that was built it was like something that was very like Fulfilling, also. So I think like the duality of like feeling free, but having a community that you feel free with, is like the ultimate like, just oh, like everything coming together. And then going to what Cassie said about like saying no and like thinking about like Simone Biles. And when I I remember like when I she did that, I was this like? I like literally wanted to cry, and I was like, the idea like you do not deserve me, like they. Like her saying that she is not going to compete. In Olympics. Like literally she was holding that team on her back. Like they, she didn't want to come back. She did not, not she was holding the back, but she did not want to come back to the Olympics. Right. She, after everything that happened to her, they had Larry Nash everything else. She was done. She was done with gymnastics and she could have been done. She didn't have to come back, but she came back to help the U.S. team to feed into capitalism. And what the time, and everybody was happy when she was, you know, doing her best and getting the numbers. But as soon as she said no and protected her peace and said, you guys do not just like, it's not like, I'm not doing this for you guys anymore. You guys do not deserve me. You don't deserve my energy. You don't deserve my worth. You don't even respect it. You see how everybody just downed her. Like, oh, but you can get back out there. Oh, da, 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 da. Like, it's not, there's not a real risk of her hurting herself and really injuring herself. But that really comes back to reflecting, like, at the end of the day, nobody's gonna care about you as much as you care about yourself. Like, if she would've went out there and, you know, something bad would've happened, no a couple of years later nobody will remember you know nobody would be like really care it would be like a non-story but she was gonna have to live the that for the rest of her life so I think there's something to just like saying no like being able to say no and saying no with full force and knowing that it's okay like it's not not everybody's gonna understand but they also don't have to understand because that's not the point um so yeah and then going into the, the next section or like the last section we'll have like two more questions <laughs> okay. uh, going into the last section of finding your the second glasses finding yourself um finding your identity and how you want to exist um in a world how it relates to the rest of the world so I guess this identity like what as you're evolving as you're developing Like, what is your current state of your identity and how is is it in relation to the rest of the world and like what you're doing? And then we'll go into like the very last question on, unless you guys, unless Cassie, you wanna go to a different question before we end it. But we'll start with that one and then see where time takes us.
3: I mean, it's been an amazing conversation so far, not having any qualms with it. Um, In terms of like finding my own identity, I think, you know, and this is something I thought years ago as well. So maybe I I'm, I'm, haven't found as much as I thought. But I feel like now that, you know, I am, quote unquote, adult, um, you know, taking care of my own responsibilities and, uh, you know, having more time to myself than ever before. Like, I feel like I've started to find who I think I am, you know, in terms of what I want to see myself doing. Um, Art has always been there for me. It's something that I've leaned on a lot. Um, Music, you know, listening to music, making music has always been something or at least more recently been something that like I really leaned on um, just to, you know, pass the time and make me feel good. And I think finding different ways to combine those things, you know, and just trying to learn more every day and be humble and like everyone else was saying, just spend time with my friends and like really cherish those moments and really say like, you know, like, especially in the world of COVID, you know, being around other people, being able to connect is something that I definitely took for granted before this whole situation. And I was somebody who I would say beforehand wouldn't wouldn't have said that, you know, like I would have said, no, whenever I'm hanging out with my friends, like I'm living it to the fullest, like I'm totally, you know, in the moment, but now having You know, being together in big groups, being so dangerous or like not even that, more so just rare these days, you know, like I really miss those carefree times of just like I can just be in this moment and not have to worry about my health or the well-being of other people around me. You know, that's something that we've been dealing with for multiple years at this point. And, you know, I hate talking about it because we always talk about it. In these conversations but you know it bears being said because that definitely affects our mental health you know it definitely affects our well-being it's constantly in the back of your mind you know what i mean and um hopefully one day i won't have to think about it as much anymore but i know when that day comes i'm not going to take it for granted you know i'm not gonna um, you know see every time i see my friend as like oh yeah i'll be able to do this again you know it's like you gotta really understand that this life that you're given isn't forever, you know, and, um, really take those times and those moments and like really, truly cherish them. Um, so I think, I think that's someone who I want to see myself be, you know, somebody who really does live in the moment and accepts it for what it is, you know?
1: Yeah. and kind of building off of what you're saying, Zach. It's like, these moments are so like precious. Cause I know that like, there's always, but in my experience, there's always been consequences for not resting enough. Like, and I had a big reality check in 2019. Um, when I like pushed too hard as an athlete and I had a major injury where I, um, pulled my groin and tore the muscle. And it was just like, I had all these signs, like my emotions were telling me, like my psychological state was telling me like, you need to rest. And I was like, no, I'm going to keep pushing. I got to do this, this, and this for, for school and for sports and all this stuff. And I got to like really represent. And then like there's a consequence, but I understood myself better. Thanks to the injury. It's not like I wanted it to happen, but it was like almost like a physical manifestation of like the, the chaos already like happening inside. So it was just kind of interesting because when I think about like finding my identity in the world right now in 2022, it looks very different from last year or 2019 when I had that happen in grad school or like when I, you know, all these different iterations of my life. So I think with who I am now and where I'm at, a lot of it is just like having to do with just listening to like my own feelings and like knowing that that's something that like, they're always trying to tell me something. I, I don't have to take myself so personally or other people so personally and, and to really like listen to when I need more sleep or need more water or, listen to and put my needs first right because there's always going to be another person for the job one of my coworkers said it very nicely she she said there's um there's always going to be another school there's always going to be more kids there's always going to be more people that you can make a difference for and there's always going to be that space, like the jobs can just that's a stepping stone to get you there. If you have the mindset of like, oh, this isn't my forever, happily ever after romanticized, like, oh my gosh, it's like Disney princesses, like, we're, we're all gonna stay here and have the best job ever, forever. I have to like get out of that mentality of just like, no, like, this is a stepping stone, like, I'm gonna close this chapter and move on if, it, if that's what's best for me. And I think it's just a constant learning process but that's kind of like how we are in the world like the world is still grappling with that right now i think in, in my opinions we're all trying to find or redefine and reimagine what rest looks like and how that affects us from moment to moment because it changes every day for me <laughs> i don't know about y'all but you know it uh it's just constantly evolving and i'm open to that change grateful for it even
2: yeah, and to go off with of you, Cassie, like, what I kept on saying in my head while listening to you guys is that we define ourselves, you know, we define ourselves, we don't let other people define us. And I think that's something that has been happening to a lot of us um, lately, especially because of COVID, but like people are defining us and categorizing us, which needs to stop, you know, because like, we know ourselves, like you were saying, Cassie, about what fingers, how you say it, figure skating, something like that. So you say, okay, yeah. And how you're pushing yourself, right? But your body, like, it literally tells you, like you said, it tells you how you feel in the moment. Like, you know, when you're like, oh, I had enough. I need to take it. I need to go get some water. You know, you know, when you had enough. So it's like, okay, you need to take your time and define who you are, not letting any other outsiders like society define you. Take your time. And, and it's going to take like steps, like like you said, it's a stepping stone. Like you can't just rush and get ahead. Like you're you're going to get there and you'll be like, okay, what's next? You know, like nothing else you can do. But like it's time. It's a journey. Like you were saying earlier, Costello. like it's a time, 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 time. So that's something I just wanted to mention because I think it's really important for us to understand, especially during this time. So, yeah. Oof. Again, I'm lost for words. Um,
4: ooh, I think um who I am in terms of in relation to rest is quite intriguing. I think that kind of like many of you, i've definitely i think built from a young age definitely built my identity around like working hard and being like a a hard worker or like you know an overachiever and things like that um without asking myself like, what do I, what else do I need? Or who am I outside of this? Um, and honestly, like I said, I'm I'm still figuring that out. Um, I think I'm at a point now where I'm trying to ask myself those essential questions and I'm seeking outside, outside help to sort of even to help me and aid me in figuring out those answers. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I really I don't know if I have too much to say outside of that. I think that I'm in the process right now of trying to figure out who I am um and trying to do more self-identifying than letting the world tell me who I
0: should be and what I need to do. So, yeah. Yes, I think I totally agree with that. Like this, it's an ever-evolving thing. Like I think those people are getting like it's it ever evolves. I think for myself, like. I feel like I've always been a very like intentional and like critical thinking per- person and like walking my purpose like I've never I've always want, I've always questioned why things are and be like I don't really want to exist in that space like you know what I mean like if this was the rule and it just seemed like an arbitrary rule I'd always be like why is this the rule or like if everybody was acting in a certain way but it was like no real reason for the next certain way, they just felt they need to do it I was just like I don't know and I feel like that has guided me I think a lot of that comes from my mom and my dad and the way they raised me and stuff and like the way the things that they put me into and exposed me to a lot but I've always just been one to like question just like the normality of things and like I don't try to understand how I relate to that and like what that means to me and I kind of go into what Sage said like one thing that really like just like dropped the curtain for me was when I was in sociology class. And she was like, you guys know that race isn't real, right? I was like, what is she talking about? Like, because like, she was like, it's a social construct. She was like, it's socially constructed. And I was like, oh, and then I, I then I just took that. I was like, everything is socially constructed. Like all of this matters only because we say it matters. Like all of somebody some some way long time ago decided that we need to do this, this, and this for things to be valuable. And We've just gone with the flow and evolved that thought. But if we like just dare to question like why this is a status quo, it it opens up like so many different reins for me. And I think um, something about like specifically about like identity and how I exist in the world and how it relates to the rest of the world, specifically last year around this time, um, I got to like a bad accident. And I was like, I realized like I started to be very reflective about like life and like just everything and like what I was doing and like am I truly like living in my purpose like in the way that I wanna be. And I think right now like I'm in the process of just like doing the work to get to the place of like what is most the whole self of myself. So yeah, Um, I feel like we may have answered this question already. So anybody have any last thoughts before we close? anything they want to get out
2: just to all our listeners be you please be you (laughs) define yourself and i hope this was you learned a lot from this conversation
3: yeah because i did i definitely did every time we meet up like it's always a good time it always makes you think about yourself and makes you understand that you're not alone in this journey you know what i mean like it's what it's all about and I you know it's why we started doing this in the first place is to like just record these moments and have them almost for ourselves as well you know like yeah we're putting it out here for everyone else to hear but just for us too you know Mm
1: -hmm. absolutely I always I well I always try to remind myself this but especially with this conversation that change is a process and it's it's about like the little things and the little moments and really kind of holding on and reflecting on it over time it's it's about like being reflective of attitude and mindset and you know cuz we all have this this roller coaster that is life so if anything just just stick with it find your community if not like come join TNBC we're great and we'll we'll be your community if you want <laughs> honestly do do you <laughs>
4: Yeah um honestly I guess yeah be the change you want to see.
0: Yes, I think um like reflecting back, like sometimes being yourself is radical enough. Sometimes just being you and listening in your body and living day to day, that is radical enough. Um so with that we're gonna give our closing quote. Um by the great Thurgood Marshall, former Supreme Court Justice, from his bicentennial speech, I do not believe that the meaning of the Constitution was forever fixed at the Philadelphia Convention, nor do I find the wisdom, foresight, and sense of justice exhibited by the framers particularly profound. To the contrary, the government they devised was defective from the start, requiring several amendments, a civil war, and a momentous social transformation to attain the systems of constitutional government and its respects for individual freedoms and human rights we hold as fundamental today. When contemporary Americans cite the Constitution, they invoke a concept that is vastly different from what the framers barely begun to construct two centuries ago. And with that in mind, um, TNBC says that systemic racism does not just exist does does not just manifest itself in the extreme assidious nature of police violence, but exists in a spectrum where it festers the surface every day, stifling the ability of Black, Indigenous, and people of color to flourish in every aspect of life. Um, anti-racism and social justice work is a continuous act, continuous conscious act. It requires us to learn and relearn our ways of being in the world and question what is hegemonic to ensure that we are not falling falling into the inherently violent status quo. It requires us to believe Believe in and imagine a world more just than the one we live and do the work to achieve that. And with that, it's a wrap, guys.